Yo, when you said critical thought, what did you hear? What did you hear? What did you Critical thought, critical mind. Think to yourself in critical times. M5, I'm trying to watch your mind. And you know they line. Critical thought, critical mind. Think to yourself in critical times. M5, I'm trying to watch your mind. And you know they line. Greetings, and welcome to the Critical Thought Podcast where I give you my unsolicited narrative on the mainstream media and try to read between the lines. Warning, if you have an enlarged amygdala, proceed with caution. Barack Obama, you punk. Thanks a lot, Barack, and your buddy Mike. His wife is Mike. Well, that's a conspiracy theory. Prove me wrong. Greetings and welcome to episode 7 of the Critical Thought Podcast. This week we're going to kick it off with what else? COVID. COVID is making a comeback and the news media is definitely dropping the hints. And at, at, at this point in time, I don't even know if I can call it hints. It's not subtle at all. With new COVID cases on the rise, an advisory panel to the CDC is set to make recommendations on updated vaccines. The CDC's immunization panel is scheduled to vote on September 12th, with the new vaccines expected to be available a few weeks later. Pfizer, Moderna, and Novavax have created versions of their shots that target a recent variant. Right, so, like I said, they're not being subtle with it at all. They wouldn't be making new vaccines if they weren't expecting a new variant of COVID. So that's on the map for sure. Now that we're all confident that Pfizer and Moderna and Novagrad and all these guys have a vaccine ready for us. Let's hear from the Pfizer rep, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, and see what this joke I have to say. We're joined now by former FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb. He also sits on the board of Pfizer, and it's great to have you here in person, Dr. Thanks a lot. Now, I just want to draw your attention to the fact that he was formerly on the board of the FDA, and now he represents Pfizer. So this is the kind of back and forth that happened between the FDA and these pharmaceutical companies. And then they get these guys to come on the TV and tell us that we should be taking these mRNA technologies that they want to pass off as vaccines. I want to start on some news we got Thursday. Uh, the CDC announced a highly mutated strain of COVID has just shown up in Michigan, BA 2.86. How concerned does the public need to be? Well, right now, I, I've talked to a number of virologists who are usually pretty staid, and they're pretty concerned about this. Right now, it doesn't appear to be spreading widely. There's um, seven strains that have been identified and sequenced in five different countries, so the UK, Denmark, Israel, and now in the US. We don't know whether or not this has been spreading quietly and we just didn't detect it, or it's something that's spreading very quickly. The concern is that when you look at these different strains that have been identified, they're genetically very similar. So that suggests that it's probably spreading simultaneously in multiple countries. Whether or not this is going to be more transmissible than what we've seen before, that's the key question. Certainly at this point, it doesn't appear more pathogenic, so it doesn't appear to be more dangerous, but it may be more transmissible than the strains that are circulating now, and in that case, it could overtake them. It's too early to know. Um, the testing's underway. I think we're going to know a lot more in a week or two. In a but week or two. To again put this in perspective, this new variant is as genetically different from Omicron as Omicron was from the original strain that emerged in Wuhan. So this is a highly mutated variant. All right. So 
that's the first of a bunch of stories that I have on COVID today. So it's probably going to be a COVID heavy podcast. So get ready. And that set off some alarm bells at that time. So we will watch this. But for people at home who say, oh my gosh, I've heard someone has COVID, the strain that's causing most infections is not this one. Right. So right now, the two strains that are circulating causing most of the infections is what's called EG5. People have probably heard about that. It's called the Eris strain. And this other strain, FL151, they both have a very similar mutation in them called the 456 mutation that allows them to pierce the immunity that we've acquired from prior infections and also from prior vaccinations. So people are getting infected with that. The good news is, is that where we are right now relative to where we were last summer when BA5 was spreading is a lot better. So there's far fewer infections. We have probably roughly about 600,000 infections a day happening based on the modeling work that's been done, looking at wastewater. Modeling work. And there's about 10,000 people that have been hospitalized in last Looking at wastewater. Last year, last year at this point, we had 40,000 people hospitalized and we were running probably about 1.2 million infections a day. Well, for those strains, there is a booster shot that I know Pfizer has talked about coming to market soon. It's still not um, available. Yeah, as we talked to the Pfizer when posing as a doctor. It, does it protect against these variants? Right, so the data looks like the new booster, which is based on BA 1.15, which was the strain that emerged last spring, looks like it will protect against these new variants. Now, my guess is these new variants, this infection rate from this wave of infection from EG5 is going to be coming down by the time the new vaccine is available, which is going to be mid-September. So September 12th has been the date that they've talked about, but it's going to be some point in mid-September that these will be widely accessible in pharmacies and other health departments, and so people can go out and get it. There's studies underway right now, what's called neutralization studies, basically laboratory studies, to look at whether the new vaccine also covers this BA286 variant that you talked about at the top of the show. And we'll have that data by the time new vaccines become available. So by the time these are out in September, consumers will know how well it covers that new variant. We'll also probably know whether or not it's spreading. And Moderna has one, uh, perhaps. And Pfizer, and Novavax as well. Novavax. Yeah, just get them all in there. And we should also bear in mind that when they talk about models that they use to figure out the spread and the contagion, these aren't real numbers. These aren't statistics. These aren't numbers that they're getting from actual cases. This is a model. So this is just a guess. So they really have no idea what is going to come. So what's different as we go into the fall back to school is that the federal government emergency programs have largely stopped. So... People have to actually plan getting their vaccine. You can't get them for free everywhere. How is that going to impact? What you can't get them for free. Yeah, so insurers are going to cover these vaccines in the same way they cover flu vaccines for people who have insurance. For people who are underinsured or uninsured, the administration has a program where people are going to be able to get these for free at pharmacies. That program should be up and running by the time these vaccines become available. And they'll also be free of charge at federally qualified community health centers and also public health departments day mm-hmm. one. So they should be widely accessible. It doesn't mean there's not going to be gaps in coverage in people who face certain hardships, but bro- broadly, most people should be able to get these free of charge without a copay. All right, I think I've heard enough from Dr. Scott Gottlieb. Uh, let's listen to Deborah Burks. Now, something about this lady just irked me. Hey, so I mean, let's get right into it. How serious is this COVID surge that we're seeing right now in your eyes? Well, I loved your introduction because you laid it out perfectly. So what does it mean when someone recommends a fall vaccination? It means that you're ignoring the summer wave. Mm. 
And we've had the summer wave in 2020, 2021, 2022, and now 2023. It is predictable. It's what COVID does. It has been persistent, um, but we've had these waves. And so we've never gotten to zero. The hospital these admissions waves, have never eh? gone to zero. Now we're living in this a bit of a fantasy world where we're pretending that COVID is not relevant, but I can tell Nobody's you- Nobody's pretending that COVID is not relevant. No what is she talking about? All of a sudden, the news media wants to make COVID an issue, so therefore COVID is an issue once again. Now we're living in this a bit of a fantasy world where we're pretending that COVID is not relevant, but I can tell you, if you can hear my voice and you know two or three people who have COVID, that means that five to ten percent of your friends already have COVID. Yo, she can't that even she can't even get the lie out of her mouth. For one, she have to swallow so hard before she finish the sentence or before she start the sentence. And then she has a laugh tell every time she's gonna make a ridiculous claim or tell a lie. She laugh. Not relevant, but I can tell you if you can hear my voice and you know two or three people swallow. who have COVID. That means that 5 to 10% of your friends already have COVID. 5 to 10% that of your friends? There is a lot what the of fuck is so funny? There. Well, as far as the boosters then, this booster shot, are these boosters coming too late? Well, the important thing is, is this is the booster that would have been appropriate for the summer wave. Oh, yeah, I bet. This booster is most likely not going to work with the winter wave. Oh, shit. Because we already have a pretty significant escape mutant or escape variant <laughs> out there. <laughs> Hold on, what? Did she say an escape mutant? We have an escape mutant out there. She's reading a script and she fucked it up. Because we already have a pretty significant escape mutant or escape variant <laughs> out there that's beginning, just like the current the current variant began like eight weeks ago. We're already beginning to see some evidence of a new variant for which the vaccine probably is not well matched. Yo, just listen, so listen carefully to this lady. MRNA technology. Just, just listen to her speech pattern, and if you could see her, you would realize that she's having a hard time spewing these lies. Like, she's having a really hard time getting these lies out of her mouth. She's swallowing real hard, like she's trying to swallow the lie. She can't even spit it up. And then whenever the lie gets really ridiculous, she has a stupid little giggle that she does, like for no reason. We're talking about potentially people dying, and she's laughing. Who? Flu. It stays with us in between the waves. 
we have a summer wave, we have a winter wave. It makes people much sicker than flu. Many more people die from it than flu. No, 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 no. Lies. And these long side effects that we there see she goes with laughing with again. So let's just all agree it's not flu. It will never be flu. Following it and surveying for it like we do for flu will never be adequate in this country. I believe if, if the federal government said to the private sector, we need better monoclonal antibodies, we need more antivirals, and we need a vaccine. What the fuck is she laughing about? the new variant that's coming. I guess she's laughing because she knows she knows that the the federal government would never tell the private sector to make more monoclonal antibodies and and antivirals. They wouldn't do that because that's like ivermectin and that kind of stuff that they don't want to promote. The federal government said to the private sector, "We need better monoclonal antibodies. We need more antivirals, and we need a vaccine against the new." variant that's coming the private sector would do it like they did four years ago it's not that they need guarantees from the government that they would pay for it because now insurance is paying for it so what the federal government needs to do is lay out the plan that says we're not done with covid covid's not done with us 250,000 Americans died in 2022 we've got to do a better job in 2023 and this is part of our better job Hold on, did she laugh when she said insurance is paying for it? So the report before they were saying that it's not going to be free right away. Insurance is going to cover it and then in some areas it might become free. But this, if insurance is covering it, then that's a way for the pharmaceutical companies to double their profits because the government already paid for a certain percentage of these vaccines, quote-unquote vaccines, and then the the um, insurance companies are going to pay again. They're making money twice there if that's what's really going on. And is that why she's laughing when she's talking about that? Because she know the scam. It's not that they need guarantees from the government that they would pay for it because now insurance is paying for it. So what the federal government needs oh, yeah. to do yeah, she's in on the scam. She's said, laughing at people. We're not people. done with COVID. COVID's not done with us. 250,000 Americans died in 2022. We've got to do a better job in 2023. And this is part of our better job. All right, so now we're going to listen to this guy, this character, Sam Harris, tell us why we have no right to refuse a vaccine in these upcoming waves of COVID. And he's going to paint the picture of what's going to happen, the manifestation of what's coming. Now, this guy has a very creative imagination, or he knows what's coming. So you felt that it was it was obviously wrong to force people to get the, the mRNA vaccine for COVID, right? Now, I would grant you, certainly in retrospect... And he's on a podcast, true, so he's responding to somebody's point of view. Variables, I think your, your ethical intuitions and, and certainly political intuitions would totally change. So you make it a much more obviously effective vaccine that really does block transmission. It's like a sterilizing oh, vaccine. So a vaccine that actually uh, work. You make it a much more dangerous virus. You make it a virus that's actually preferentially killing kids rather than old people. Oh, right? okay. So now, now we're in a, an environment... So who is going to make this virus more deadly and target kids? Because 
Mr. Harris is being extremely specific. Much more dangerous virus. You make it a virus that's actually preferentially killing kids rather than old people, right? Right. So now is it, now we're in a, an environment where like you're deciding not to get vaccinated is putting my kids at risk, right? Do you get to make that choice, right? And yeah, of course you, you do. You might say, oh yes, yeah, I should be able to make that choice. It's my body, you know. But dial up the the deadliness of the pathogen. You know, give us Here something go like, again. you know, airborne Ebola that incubates for a month. You know, you don't know you have it and you're... You... Who is going to be dialing up this stuff? Who's going to be creating airborne Ebola type coronaviruses? This dude's imagination is wild. Dial up the, the deadliness of the pathogen. You know, give us something like, you know, airborne Ebola that incubates for a month, you know, you don't know you have it and you're, you walk around spreading it and it's got, you know, a 75% fatality rate and it's mostly killing 75 kids. 75% fatality no rate. No one gets to make that choice anymore. I mean, then literally the, the cops come in and vaccinate you. What? I, w I would say that all of us would agree to that. No. Moment, again, that you turn up the lethality uh, uh, on, the, on the pathogen, you turn up the effectiveness of the vaccine, you turn down the risk of the vaccine give me a truly safe vaccine where there's not even one documented case of vaccine injury right all right so i don't know what kind of video game this dude is in again he has either the wildest imagination possible or he's letting us in on the fact that covid is manufactured it was made in a lab they can do um gain of function theory and make it more virulent they can make it more deadly they can cause it to mutate into something other than it was initially and then they can target kids with this virus like some kind of rsv type thing that children are more susceptible to and we've been hearing with the covid cases coming back it's been rsv has been one of the big things as well as covid so it's been flu rsv and covid and rsv historically has um targeted children a lot more than old people so is there is a new strain of covid that they're building right now going to be an rsv dominant type of covid that's gonna have a mortality rate of 75 percent and attack children it's just, it's way specific still is a wild wild plan but maybe you know something so that then you just have to be completely crazy to be worried about being vaccinated in that in that kind of environment um then it's just a yeah but that's not the reality bro don't tolerate a diversity of opinion because the stakes are too high it's, it's a full-on emergency do not tolerate a diversity of opinion this sound like some kind of a communist state bodies of kids are being stacked up in parks right Whoa. We, we, there's so many of them we don't know what to do with them we've got these mobile morgues and this is the conspiracy theorist side of my um my brain working here but as him as this guy talks about bodies of children stacked up that they don't so many that they don't know what to do with them i remember seeing a reel on instagram not too long ago where this dude was showing this this robot that they made in china that was able to scoop bodies up off the ground so bodies just strewn all over the place and this little robot with a conveyor belt would come and pick up bodies just shoot them up into this vacuum 
maybe put one and one together and get four but something is something is definitely up here let's try and connect the dots and we have a vaccine that actually works and then we've got rfk jr saying you know maybe you don't want you know maybe you don't want to get the jab on rogan's podcast right that's that that's the the world i've been worried about ever since COVID. you've got a lot of worries bro like your worries are out of this world unless you know something that the rest of us don't know and then if that is the case you have a right to be worried all right so let's move on to another one of my favorite topics uh the whole climate change agenda now a couple weeks ago there was a story in montana where there were these kids that were suing the state because the state didn't protect them from climate change or didn't adequately protect them from climate change now, this is a UN movement. This is a UN agenda. This has to do with the sustainable development and all of this crap, right? So this is a UN type thing, a World Economic Forum type thing. And it made me wonder if these kids that are being encouraged to sue the state, I wonder who is encouraging them and the people that are encouraging them, do they have any connections to the World Economic Forum and or the UN? Uh, let's take a listen to this story about kids and climate. And the Committee on the Rights of the Child said Monday governments must address the climate crisis and other environmental emergencies to, quote, ensure that children are protected from foreseeable premature or unnatural death and threats to their lives. And you know what? Let me just stop it right there. The very first episode of this podcast, we spoke about um, child trafficking and and all of these things that went along with that grimy, nasty, dark underworld. That's probably what the UN should be focusing on, fixing and resolving the issues with child trafficking around the world. Not climate change and children. Emergencies to, quote, ensure that children are protected from foreseeable premature or unnatural death and threats to their lives and enjoy their right to life with dignity. Yeah, okay. Formal opinion issued by the dignity. UN body could be a boon to multiple lawsuits brought by youth around the world over their government's inaction and contribution to climate change. Next month, the European Court of Human Rights will hear a climate case from a group of young people in Portugal against 32 countries. Yeah, man, to me, I just... I just think there is some connection. Whoever is organizing these children, because the children aren't organizing themselves, so whoever is organizing these kids, if it's not directly the people that are organizing these kids, it might be the people funding the organizers of the children. But somewhere along the line, I'm willing to bet that there is some connection between the WEF or the UN and these children suing their states or suing different countries or whatever the case might be all right so let's move on to the maui fires governor josh green is going to explain to us now how severe climate change has gotten to the point that we've invented new weather phenomenon so what we are really uncovering is what the world needs to be aware of which is in this case this case for the first time ever in first Hawaii, time we had essentially a fire hurricane which is to a say a fire hurricane, hurricane. Uh, left us with 60 to 81 mile per hour wind. what's next shark tornadoes a very hot flame across a very dry planet in this case part of Hawaii so the fire 
itself moved between 60 and 81 miles per hour across that part of the community, which meant that it overwhelmed the fire trucks that were there, it overwhelmed cars, it overwhelmed people. It destroyed the infrastructure, the pipes, and the wires so quickly that the typical warnings, the warnings that we normally use on the internet and through cell phones, they became immobilized. And a man said a fire. The fire hurricane or the hurricane fire. What was it? What was it? The fire hurricane came on so fast and was so intense that it melt the pipes that were supposed to carry the water. I've heard other reports that these people turned off the water so nobody was able to get water. And I've heard reports of this in Canada as well. I've seen um, TikTok videos where there are people in Kelowna, BC trying to put out fires and they can't get water out of the hydrants because the hydrants were shut off. With fire that was upwards of 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, it destroyed infrastructure so rapidly that nobody could get in. And I want to tell the world that I'm not making this political. There oh. is a great challenge with a climate-affected world. It is drier, it's hotter, we all know that. Oh, do From 1953 to 2003, we had six fire emergencies. In this month, we've had six fire emergencies in Hawaii. Maybe so because you're not doing anything to, to mitigate these fires. And know that they're going to have to increase fire response. They're going to have to increase modalities of alert. These are the lessons we're learning. And yes, I'll hold anyone accountable that made human error. I can't say at this point... Uh, what the scope of that is. That's why we have independent investigators and people to review this, mostly so we can learn uh, to share with the world. And you make such a good point because at this hour, there are wildfires raging everywhere from Canada to Greece and beyond. What does that firefighting prevention look like? As you know, there are so many jurisdictions that are understaffed in firefighting, but as you say, not prepared for the catastrophic events that have just never happened before. Climate change combined with not enough resources in almost every corner of the world huh. will mean... Climate change combined with not enough resources. So we need some money. We need the, the federal government to give us some money or we need some money from the UN or the WEF to help us to combat climate change. And along with that, money is going to come a whole lot of restrictions for average people, I would imagine not enough resources in almost every corner of the world will mean that we will have to prepare ourselves to deal with the impact of these superstorms and the potential risk to our people. So Super an industry will stars. grow that will revolve around new technologies to alert people, in. probably satellite technology, because if we had had satellite phones all over uh, Lahaina, we would have oh, been able that's to get it. the alert. Satellite phones. We could have fixed this problem or avoided the deaths with satellite phones that's that's what we could have done if we had only if we had satellite phones brother maybe you should chop down some of that bush and reroute your budget so that more than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars over a three-year span is going towards fire mitigation that that might actually be something that you could put into action shared it amongst their neighbors that's one of many, many things that could be done. And then there'll have to be a better approach to water. Coastal areas, island states, we're the most isolated landmass in the world. 
the most isolated landmass in the world and you need to take a better approach to water you're an island it's a chain of islands there's nothing but water around you probably have to really lean heavily into technologies that produce extra water that requires energy and energy research the whole world is going to have to change its approach if it wants to prevent these incidents from happening yeah it sound like a call for more money and it sound like a call for green technologies and ESGs and all kinds of madness again promoted and supported by the WEF and your friends at the United Nations. So I want to take this opportunity to move from the whole climate change cover for the start of the fires in Maui to look on um, the cover of the amount of people that are missing off the coast of Lahaina, Navy divers are searching a four-mile stretch of coastline, looking for those who may have drowned as they desperately tried to flee the fire by jumping into the ocean. They are uh, meticulously doing the same thing in the water that we're doing on land. Mike Pruitt is part of FEMA's search team. After more than two weeks, they are now combing through the last of the destroyed buildings. Why is it taking so long to get through the entire town? It takes inch by inch we see the photos of those missing that people are posting. And when you see those faces, it drives our team to even get back here and get to work as quick as they can. That's not answering why it's taking so long. identified a child killed in the fire, seven-year-old Tony Takafua. The family says he and his mother tried to escape the flames and were found in a burnt-out car. We're still collecting information and reports. Steve Merrill is the FBI's special agent in charge in Honolulu. What is the biggest challenge you're facing? We're finding that a lot of the information we received uh, through nobody's fault uh, is incomplete and sometimes it's nobody's fault. The FBI has been compiling the just released verified list of the 388 people still unaccounted for. Why is the FBI involved in this? This should just be strictly a police matter. Why is the FBI involved in this search for people? I might be missing something, this might be completely normal, but to me, to have the FBI come in to look for people after a fire that was supposedly caused by climate change, unless the fire was caused by something else. Okay, so let me preface this clip, um, because it starts kind of abruptly. The Maui mayor is being pressed by reporters to give the numbers on how many children are missing. And I suppose the mayor does not want to give the numbers because the mayor is, he just want to save face. You know, you don't want to say that hundreds of kids are dead because you didn't do your job. I don't know. I was yes, you do. How many children are missing? You know. I knew the answer to that. I would be happy to answer that. You have no estimate as to how many children are missing? No estimate. It only take one or two to ruin it. You don't want to answer the question that the people are asking to say it is going to shut down the interview. No, I'm not saying that that's a sign of guilt, but to say that you have no idea, not even a rough estimate of how many kids are missing after so long you have to have an estimate you must be able to say between this amount and that amount Please. 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 
about you. You okay. ruined it for everybody. You're welcome to say it. You're in the meeting. You say whatever you want. You're a disaster. All right. Okay. Please. You've been the worst mayor we could possibly imagine. Respect? Respect what? This is the most dismal response we've ever had. You won't wait for your turn. Why don't you give them the real answers then? Give them the real answers. That's not his question. Let him, let him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so I guess, I guess Mayor Richard Bison doesn't have the answers that the people want. And people are, un, they're not satisfied. They're unsatisfied with the response to the fires. They're unsatisfied with the, res, the emergency response before and during the fires. They're unsatisfied with the recovery efforts. They're unsatisfied with the explanation for why this happened in the first place. So last week I had mentioned that if these things are happening and the, by these things I'm speaking specifically to the fires in this particular instance, if these fires are happening all over the world in a coordinated manner, it would lead me to believe that this is probably being perpetrated by some kind of a group or organization. At the very least, these, these fires are organized. I don't think it's climate change, but there's fires burning in Greece at the moment and we'll hear what the spokeshole from Greece has to say. But for more, let's go to Greece and correspondent Natalie Savarakis. Greece is a country that takes fire prevention seriously, yet uh, there are arrests and accusations of arson. Yes, uh, and this has been, since uh, 2007, this has been the largest uh, recorded fire in Greece. And uh, traditionally, Greeks have been uh, treating these uh, massive fires with a lot of uh, skepticism yeah. as to how much of it is actually uh, climate change. And I, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be taking this with a massive amount of speculation <laughs> because... Like we heard last week, the premier of Alberta said out of the 650 fires that were burning, 500 of them were started by people. So 500 were as the result of arson, maybe intentionally or unintentionally. But people started 500 of those 650 fires. And it seems as if it's a similar story here in Greece. So what does that really say for the climate change agenda? You know the, 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 the tinderbox conditions uh, of, uh, of dryness as well, or actually arson, because uh, sometimes what we see following these big blazes are uh, constructions, or uh, who else could there be to blame? And that is. All right. So she make another good point, and I'm, it might take us a little while to get through this clip, but. She said construction is usually what follows these fires where everything has been raised and the ground has been cleared. Now, there was um, a clip I saw, I think it was on TikTok the other day, where this lady or this girl was showing the correlation between where these fires have been blazing and where smart cities were said to be erected and they were all in very close proximity to where these fires were blazing especially throughout um, the United States and a few here in Canada as well well actually no I don't think there was any in Canada I think it was only United States but if it's happening in the States it's probably happening here in Canada and it's probably happening in Greece as well the big question and of course in the criticism level uh, against prime minister 
mean, so like he's been criticized of lack of coordination, lack of preparation, lack of personnel, lack of equipment, you know. Um, he's responded, yes, on the one hand, there is climate change, uh, which has been uh, extreme this year, and we've been unable to deal with it. Uh, but uh, And he's actually vowed to reforest all burnt areas, which is a pretty grand statement there. Uh, you know, I just find it so surprising how everybody keeps repeating this kind of storyline that climate change has been very severe this past year even more so than what 2022 or 2021 or 2020 even from uh, a greek leader because we haven't really seen uh, such a massive scale of uh, forestation in greece uh, but also he's appointed uh, the finger to arsonists and there has been um, a supreme court judge has ordered a uh, investigation to look into this now we are very curious of course uh, greece to see what results will come back because the big question mark of course is who can benefit from such an arson because this cannot only your wef friends and your un friends that would like to erect smart cities they are potentially the ones that benefit from these fires um just a pyromaniac to, to to just set some fires so a uh, big question marks there then an investigation will seek to answer so john Kerry is known as the climate czar he was really one of the guys that started this movement back in the day and made a big push I mean, I think it's safe to say that he was a poster boy for the climate change movement. Needless to say, he's probably become a very wealthy man um, pushing this climate change agenda over the past couple of years, probably getting kickbacks from the World Economic Forum for speaking engagements and so forth. But anyways, let's hear what John Kerry has to say about climate change and how we are the problem. Without facts or economics on their side, they flatly deny what is happening to our planet and what we must do to save it. Mm. They incite a movement against what they falsely label climate change fanaticism, as they conveniently forget that the dictionary definition of a cult is the dismissal of facts in devotion to a lie. Now, everything he's saying here, he could easily be looking in the mirror and describing himself in a literally, you know, when psychologists say people are projecting that's exactly what John Kerry is doing right here. Just listen to the words coming out of dude's mouth. I think he's projecting. They falsely label climate change fanaticism as they conveniently forget that the dictionary definition of a cult is the dismissal of facts in devotion to a lie. The climate change cult. And while they refuse to accept the facts behind increasingly obvious damages, which the first minister listed, they lash out at the truth tellers instead and label indisputable evidence as hysteria. They compound the already difficult challenge of the climate crisis by promising to do more of exactly what created this crisis in the first place. Oh, is that so? So now, what humanity now? is inexorably threatened by humanity itself. By those seducing people into buying into a completely fictitious and who's gonna alternative save us? reality where we don't need to act and we don't even need to care. Now listen, I've made the point before and I'll make it again. I am not opposed to the idea of climate change. What I'm opposed to is the idea of human beings being the major cause of climate change. That human activity has somehow 
sped up climate change to the point where the world is on fire and eating itself. I don't agree with that. I just don't think that's the case. Now, having said that, can we do better to make sure that we live in harmony on this planet? 100% we can. There's tons of stuff that we can do to ensure that we live a more sustainable life in terms of living in harmony and homeostasis with the planet. We can definitely do that, but I don't think electric cars are the answer. I don't think smart cities are the answer. I don't think social governance is the answer. So Trump has been arraigned in Georgia and uh, the mugshot has gone viral. Tonight, breaking news, former President Trump travels to Georgia to be arrested, booked on felony charges. Tonight, the sheriff's office says he will be booked like everyone else. This is serious stuff for the nation, for who we are as a country. We have never before had a mugshot of a United States president, current or former. So this morning, this is the photo you are waking up to, splashed across newspaper and television screens. It is Donald Trump's mugshot at the Fulton County Jail, and it is making the front page across the nation and really around the world. Mr. Trump was fingerprinted and had his mugshot taken the first time that has happened. He was then released on a $200,000 bond. We begin tonight with what may become the enduring image of the 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump. He made history last night as the first American president to have his mugshot taken after being booked on charges at the Fulton County Jail in Atlanta. He was released 20 minutes later. Trump only spent about 20 minutes at the jail last night. He was already, he was arrested, he was booked as inmate p 11358 the sheriff did confirm to me, in fact, that the former president did have his mugshot taken inside the jail tonight. And he's flaunting this mugshot now. All right, so there you have it. The media's analysis of the Trump mugshot. Now, to think that this was taking up so much time on the news cycle, you have to wonder what the distraction was. What were they distracting us from? let's just find out why a lot of black americans identify with donald trump and i find this a little bit amusing because i think some of it is trolling i don't think all of these reports are authentic i don't think that i think there's some social engineering going on here and don't get me wrong i know that there are lots of black americans that support donald trump but i think some of these stories are are some undercover trolling what's your honest reaction to trump's mugshot I think it's really a good thing for the black community because when you look at it, the Democrats really kind of forced the crime community on black people, bringing rappers to the White House, etc. And every time a mugshot come out of those said rappers, the album goes crazy. Now that Trump is no longer a stranger to the culture, he's a part of it, it's going to backfire. It's the worst thing they could have ever done and the best thing that we could have ever gotten. Trump 2024. Trump is no longer a stranger to the culture because he's been arraigned and he's got a mug shot so now he's like rappers i voted for biden that's probably why trump lost i'm one of them seven million votes that he didn't get because i voted because i was told i was black and i should vote democrat so i voted democrat I'm not doing it no more and after i'm witnessing them trying to take down trump as much as possible to keep him from getting back in that White House, that makes me want to vote for him more and more and more. And more. We need somebody that is real. Not these, oh, these puppies. Like so because he have a criminal record in real? He get in front of that camera and he, he, he does what they tell him to do. 
Trump wasn't going to let them tell him what to do. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm looking back on all this now. And I'm not going to let another black person or another white person tell me who to vote for. Trump 2024, that's all I got to say. And everybody's ending with Trump 2024. I don't, some of these have to be trolls, yo. I just don't, I don't buy it. You want to know why I'm here to support President Trump? Because they done did black men like this for decades. Make up charges and put them so I know Trump is innocent. I support Trump. You know, out of all of them, I believe this guy's authentic. That's why I'm here to show my support as a black man for Trump. And I'm wearing my shirt, niggas for Trump 2024, and I mean that. What do you think about the indictment? Oh, it's a bunch of bull. It's going around the country. So hold on, hold on, hold on. I just noticed the news blocked out bullshit, but didn't block out niggas for Trump. You know, Fanny, Fanny Willis, she's a, uh, she went to school with my sister, she's full of shit, she was full of So, she's a puppet for the white liberals that, that is controlling everything. She's in front, but the white liberal back there pulling those strings telling her what to do. That's what I think about her, making a fool of herself. So, I mean, first it was Martha Stewart and, and now it's Trump, you know. Martha Stewart got some prison time and then she was doing ads and blazing blunts with Snoop Dogg and... Who is Trump going to be hanging out with now? Yes, you better believe it. Look what happened to Martha Stewart. She caught that felony. She goes to all the cookouts with Snoop Dogg. She is endorsed. She crippin'. Bruh. This guy's a troll. Have to be. Trump is a brother now. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, go to, you go to goddamn, you go to jail in Zone 6 Atlanta, you a brother. They fucked up. <laughs> niggas like niggas that went to jail. They believe in that shit. This is this is good. We believe in that shit. We trust that. I'm sorry. You can say what you want, but they fuck with people that went to jail. They fucks with people that been in the penitentiary. This video is to every single black person out here. If you really want to fuck over this government that has fucked over your ancestors, if you really want to fuck over this government that helped kill Martin Luther King Jr., if you really want to help fuck over this government that killed Malcolm X, that killed Huey, and that destroyed the Black Panther Party, if you really want to fuck over this government, I'm asking you to do me a favor. Go vote for Donald Trump. Can't you see how these fucking devils are running around here scared the fucking death of this man? Because they don't want they fucking evil, sick asses locked up. So Alright, there's a whole heap of swearing in this. I, I can't cut it here still. So basically, what I'm gathering from all of this is... Why I say it's trolling is the the Republican Party seems to be wanting to capitalize on this whole thing and get the black votes because there's a lot of votes that usually from the black community that swing democratic and this just seemed like to me it seemed like an obvious ploy to get some of those votes that are on the fence, some of those black voters that might be on the fence now because now they have a reason to actually vote for Trump. They don't really have a reason to vote for Trump. But again, the social engineering and the misdirection is as such. It would give unassuming black people in the in the South a reason to be like, you know what? We need to vote for Donald Trump. And I mean, Georgia is a state where he lost the votes. And that's the state where he got arraigned. And then that's the state where black people are now being pro-Trump. It seems like a well-orchestrated plan to me. It seemed like a, a an excellent PR move.
Well, on that note, politicians will be politicians. Here we have a clip from Donald Trump. Now, I just want everybody to remember that this dude was the same dude in 2020 that was trying to roll out, oper not trying, that did roll out Operation Warp Speed. And Operation Warp Speed, if you remember correctly, was an operation to get people vaccinated in the COVID hysteria. Now, I know everybody has their points of view on Trump and what he stands for and draining the swamp and he's a capitalist not a globalist and all of that and i'm not here to argue that still i'm just here to show you that politicians talk out of both sides of their mouth no matter what side of the fence they're on but to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom hear these words we will not comply uh -huh. left-wing lunatics are trying very hard to bring back COVID lockdowns and mandates with all of their sudden fear-mongering about the new variants that are coming. Gee whiz, you know what else is coming? An election. <laughs> they want to restart the COVID hysteria so they can justify more lockdowns. I've been saying this. More illegal drop boxes, more mail-in ballots, and trillions of dollars in payoffs to their political allies heading into the 2024 election. Does that sound familiar? These are bad people. These are sick people we're dealing with. So don't even think about it. We will not shut down our schools. We will not accept your lockdowns. We will not abide by your mask mandates. And we will not tolerate <laughs> your vaccine mandates. Yeah, so there you have it. Politicians doing what politicians do to get votes. Yeah, so we'll close out the podcast as per usual with my favorite segment, Mental Gymnastics. And this week we're gonna kick off with Ted Nugent saying a lot of things about Barack and Mike Michelle Obama that um, people in the, the conspiracy world have been saying for a while. So it's just interesting to hear this coming from this old white guy. But yo, listen, I have a laugh. Barack Obama, you punk. You horrible anti American communist. Thought it was gonna say cunt. Islamic terrorists. Yo, then it's fighting go. words, yo. That's what he was. He literally reignited racism in America. Thanks a lot, Barack, and your buddy. He Mike definitely did usher in the trans fucking movement. That's wrong, for sure. Literally reignited racism in America. Thanks a lot, Barack, and your buddy Mike and your two fake daughters. And if you, if I'm wrong, <laughs> somebody show me a picture of Mike Obama pregnant. <laughs> Show me a picture of Mike Obama pregnant and show me the two daughters in their youth. Show me Mike and Barack snuggling their <laughs> swaddling clothes. Those pictures don't exist because his, his wife is Mike. Yo. Did you know that? I, I did not. And the daughters aren't theirs. Well, that's a conspiracy theory. Prove me wrong. Yo, Teddy sound like him down the two Jews on him that met that little talk still, but... I mean, look, the man have a point. The, there have been pictures of the kids' real parents, alleged real parents, and those children look more like those people than they look like Michelle or Barack. And yeah, you know, the man make a point. And I know Barack was the first quote-unquote black president, so it's a sensitive like issue with some black Americans, but... 
you have to really look on what Barack stood for, what were his policies, what did he usher in? Like, And for me, the biggest thing is this trans movement. He ushered in the trans movement. It was under him that these bathroom laws and all of this bullshit got passed. So it's, it's not a far stretch of the imagination to think that his wife is trans, is a trans woman, you know what I mean? It wouldn't be that big of a stretch to think that being that that was his pet thing, that was what he was really. You know, every president get that pet project and the trans movement was Barack's pet project. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying what I'm not saying, but here's a story from 10 years ago. And who remembers Joan Rivers? Miss Rivers, how are you? You made you made a ton of news officiating the wedding in New York yesterday. Is this like a is this like a new uh, cottage uh, career move I'm for you? I'm so excited. Okay. I should do very well because I don't show. And do you think that the country will see the first the United States will see the first gay president or the first woman well, we president? We already have it with Obama, so let's just calm down. Got it. You know Michelle is a trend. I'm sorry, she's a what? A transgender. We all know. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. It's okay. <laughs> and she was dead like days after that. So who knows? And as we transition, no pun intended, or maybe all puns intended, into another story here about transitioning children. These stories always piss me off, you know, they always, I shouldn't say they piss me off, but these stories always, they get under my skin. Anytime you have this trans movement and it have anything to do with children at all, and I guess it's because I have a child, right? So that's probably why it strike a different chord with me, but yeah. And today's Eileen Ang has the story. Jessica Conan claimed her 11-year-old daughter, Alicia, was socially transitioned to a boy without her knowledge or consent. She filed a $100,000 lawsuit with the Spreckles Union School District in Monterey County and won. Good for her. We are now receiving justice from a school that decided to try to transition my daughter behind my back. Uh, this is so wrong, and this settlement right here proves in the book. Like I keep saying, you know, like, I don't care what consenting adults want to do with each other in the privacy of their homes when it comes to any kind of sexual acts. Just leave the kids alone. According to Fox News, Conan alleges that the school district told Alicia she may be unhappy because she didn't know who she, quote, truly was inside. Really? And then she was allowed to use the boys' bathroom and male pronouns. NTD reached out to the board members of the Spreckles Union School District, but didn't hear back by airtime. Of course not. This comes after Attorney General Rob Bonta sued the Chino Valley Unified School District on Monday for requiring schools to notify parents that their children identify as a different gender. 
Chino Valley Unified School District Board President Sonia Shaw has been vocal about supporting parental rights over their own children. Of course. The board voted to notify parents within three days if their child wants to change I their mean, gender. I mean, if the parents don't All have rights, then who does? The picture because we do know, um, you know, from parents coming forward that there is these uh, inappropriate conversations between teachers and students. There is inappropriate Yo, things that are happening. Um, so to me, this policy made sense to put so those any of them conversations are going with my kid, with my child. Mm. Problems. Problems, that's all I can say. And because this member of the school board is standing up for the parents' rights to be involved in these kinds of decisions when it comes to their children... She's getting heaps of shit dumped on her. What kind of world we're living in when the teacher is standing up for the parents' right to be involved in the decisions surrounding their children and people are pissed off at that? The state wants ultimate and complete control of your children. And if you're going to give up that right as a parent, then you don't deserve to be a parent. You deserve to have the state raise your children. Not me. Shaw says she has received many death threats targeting her and her family, and one person has even been arrested. But she still pushes on because she has people who support her and are in the same boat who want to expose those targeting their children. She believes that it's important to let the parents talk to their children when they feel upset. God bless you. It can also be a very good thing if the parents are involved and they're part of the process, right? Because they're now knowing that their child's talking to this person. And I think that's very important to respect those different households' um, traditions or their values or their morals. Yeah, man. And if we try to be the ones as a school district to de determine the, you know, the morals and the values, that's going to only hurt the child. We need Gino more Rally people like this. The parent notification policy does protect students. If they believe a student could be in danger, abused, or hurt by their parent or guardian, the district would not notify them. And rightfully so, I can understand that. But then you have to be careful what kind of power you give the school board to decide whether the parent is a threat to the child. Because nowadays they're going to tell you that if you don't listen to your child being or wanting to be trans, then you're a threat to your child. You know what I mean? We need more, we need more people like this on the school boards all over the place, especially here in Canada too, because it's, it, it's under the quiet here, but it's happening. Actually, let me find a clip. Title is Sex Education Beyond the Basics for Nine-Year-Olds. Before I continue, I want to preface this by saying a lot of teachers and principals don't know the extent of what's in this book. I met with my child's principal. Although she had looked through the book, she hadn't looked in detail and I didn't expect her to. It's over 500 pages. There are many problems with this book, but in particular, there are a couple of very serious problems. I'm going to use kind of code words our secret language because I can't even talk about some of the things and this is all them sneak it into you know so ridiculous when they're using it to teach our kids 
This book encourages children to make themselves feel good. I'll just say it that way. The M word. You know what I mean. Must Encouraging children to do that is considered non-contact sexual abuse by the Canadian Center for Child Protection. That's how they define it. I plan to post this on YouTube. If I do, I will post links to everything so basically, I talk about here today. A very obvious sign that they encourage that in this book is on page 194. It's the last sentence of the second paragraph. It says, one very effective and appropriate way to deal with any pain associated with, I'm not going to say what that is, is to find a private space and time to M-word. They continue to talk about that. So they're the telling little boys if they if they get if they have an erection, they need to masturbate. It goes on to talk about the P word. I possibly could say that word here, but I'm just not going to. It's sexually explicit images and videos, that kind of thing. It says it's neither good or bad. Most young people will consume it, and they need to be given the skills to do so in ways that reduce harm, increase empowerment, and enhance sexual and mental health. At nine years old? Blank images can also provide an opportunity. Page 375. Ask the class to name some possible advantages of sending messages, images, videos, and texts. Making, distributing, and... Advantages for sending sexual messages, images, and texts. That's Criminal Code Section 163.1. At the very bottom of page 490... Look, I don't have any issues with children learning about sex education. But that comes at a particular age, right? There's a certain age that children need to be before you expose them to sexual stuff. Children do not need to be sexualized. And if you're condoning the sexualization of children, you're a fucking pedophile. That's what you are. Whether you're touching kids or not, you're a pedophile. And I think that's where I'm going to end this week's episode of the critical thought podcast i hope you found it introspective i hope you found it interesting tune in next week for episode number eight yo when you said critical thought critical thought critical mind think to yourself in critical times m5 m trying to watch your mind and you know they line critical thought critical mind think to yourself in critical times m5 m trying to watch your mind and know they lie.